Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host, John Lucier. And this evening, we're going to touch a touch on a very difficult but important topic. It's often misunderstood, and that is the topic of accountability. And the reason being is when we get to the core of literally everything that we're seeing or reading about in, in any form of media, accountability is required. And there are elements and aspects of or attempts to hold those accountable that have created violations, whether that's perceived to be in the form of government and government cover-ups or con- you know, otherwise known as, say, conspiracy theories, or whether that's in the form of the mishandling or handling and mishandling of classified information, right? We read about it in there. We read about it in businesses where there's embezzlement, right? We read about it in schools where there's a lack of accountability in curriculums and in what is being taught to the children. What are the end results? Are they prepared? Are our children, the students, prepared for life and to function? What about in in businesses and in government with financial institutions and agencies and all these other things? How have they managed the assets that they have been given and placed or have been, that have been assigned to their care. Going back to finances, we just had a, it's just been discovered that there are 69,000 social security numbers that are questionable, but yet those 69,000 social security numbers received over or around 5.4 billion with a B 5.4 billion dollars worth of funds just during COVID. All these things are cause for concern. But then there are laws and legislations that make us question the motives behind those things. And they're questionable because what are they teaching? What are they promoting to, well, our youth, but our society. How is it actually governing and serving the people? So accountability is a, is a, is a difficult and a complex topic because typically when it gets discussed and more often is presented in the form of you are going to be accountable to me, or I'm going to hold you accountable and pull out my iron scepter and rule and reign over you. And if you get out of line, then we're going to deal with that. But that's not how the Lord and how we are taught biblically what accountability is. So let's look at a a few examples to learn about how God views accountability in our lives. And, And of course, the first example we're going to give is discussing our pattern example. Jesus the Christ. In Matthew chapter 8, there's a centurion that comes up to Jesus. And in verse 8, the centurion says to him, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes, and to another come and he comes, and to my slave Do this, and he does it. 
And now Jesus, when he heard it, said, Never have I seen such faith, or I've not found such faith, great faith with anyone in Israel. But there, there's things that, I'll say the key verse in that section of scripture is this. He says, I too, the centurion recognizes that Jesus is a man under authority. Well, wait, Jesus is God in the flesh. So whose authority would he be under? Well, that would be the Father's. Right? We can go back to Matthew chapter 3 when Jesus is being baptized. And what does it say? It tells us that John the Baptist said, Why are you coming to me to be baptized? I have need to be baptized by you. But what was Jesus' response? He tells him plainly, Allow this or permit this at this time in order to fulfill all righteousness. Which is important. The fulfilling, the doing, or by doing. What did Jesus do? Very plainly, well, we can go to to John chapter 17. In Jesus' high priestly prayer, he says that I glorified you, talking to the Father, his heavenly Father. I glorified you on earth by accomplishing all the work you gave me. All you gave me to do. And it's extremely important. Because that's the exact thing that even the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes questioned him about during his earthly ministry. Did you come to abolish the law and the prophets, they asked him. And he said, no, I did not come to abolish it, but to fulfill it, to complete it. There's a doing aspect, which is required. And how we do the things that we are called to do by the Lord matter. The things that he's entrusted to us and to our care. You know, we often look at and hear, and Jesus even said these words, right? In Matthew 12, we'll begin in verse 33. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. And then here's the key as it pertains to accountability. He says, But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. I don't know, some are going... Well, he's just talking about the words. No, the words are there as the first step, but there's also a doing. Scripture tells us plainly throughout the entirety of it, not just to be an effectual hearer, but a doer also. He says, you are my 
friends if you do what I command you. Not just say what he's commanded us or say what we have heard him say, but never get around to doing it. Right in this this combination of the hearing and the doing as it pertains to accountability is absolutely important. But why, or in Jesus, right? He held himself accountable. He held himself accountable first and foremost to God, his heavenly father, which is, a, again, the pattern and example for each of us. That's who we are accountable to. Not one jot and tittle will pass away, right? But we will be justified or condemned by what we did or didn't do, right? The Lord himself spoke these, spoke similar words. He gives this whole example to Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 33, talking about his role as a watchman. And he says, hey, I'm making you accountable. I'm paraphrasing this, right? You can read Ezekiel 33 for your, in your spare time. He says, you're a watchman on a wall, and I have, I have a role and a work for you, works for you to do. And if I send you to this one to, with a message and you don't give it, I'm going to hold you accountable. His blood is on your head. And if I, if I tell you to go to this one and you, you do go and you send or give him the message that I've given you and they turn their ways, then great, there's going to be rejoicing in this. Right? Accountability at any level happens first and foremost to the Lord. Right, but if, if we look just even at our, well, I'll say today, in our natural circumstances, right, there is the additional component of while the accountability starts first and foremost to the Lord, we are also accountable to others. Any Anybody in the political realm is also accountable to their constituents. Anybody that works in public service is accountable to the citizens and the people in that place. The president is accountable to literally every person in the nation. The CEO of a business is accountable to, yes, the, the stockholders, the shareholders, but they're also accountable to every client, every customer that walks in. Every teacher is accountable to, yes, the school board and the superintendent, but they're also accountable to the students and to the parents. But first and foremost, they have to hold, each of us has to hold ourselves accountable. That's exactly what Jesus did. He held himself accountable to the Lord, which is exactly what the Lord wants. And we see this exemplified in King David throughout the entirety of the Psalms. Well, first, let's start with Isaiah, right? In Isaiah chapter 18, or chapter 1, verse 18, he says, Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. 
If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. Truly the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So the Lord's saying in this thing, especially in verse 18, in this section of Scripture, let's reason together. Let's talk this out. And when was he saying it? When they were doing well? No. If you begin in verse 1, the first thing the Lord is talking about in the vision to Isaiah is the rebellion of his people. The Lord is saying, my people have fallen away. And as a result, now the lands are desolate, the cities are burning with fire, and even the fields, which are meant for the people and the citizens of that nation, the strangers are devouring them in their presence. Why? Because they did not give heed to the instruction of the Lord. They then further attempted to go through the motions. Oh, we'll, we'll hold up the sacrifices and, and we'll go through these religious ceremonies with no thought or no heart toward the Lord behind it. Not worshiping Him in spirit and truth. The Lord's saying, hey, let's, let's reason this out. Let's talk about this together. And this is exactly what you see upheld in King David's life. Even before he was king, he held himself accountable to the Lord. And I say before he was king because you can read about it in, in the, the books of Samuel, where yet prior to David being king, his own people who were with David that were on the run for their lives because King Saul pursued David and attempted to kill him for years. David found himself in a place twice where he could have eliminated Saul. But yet, what did he do? Even though he was being encouraged by his, his own people that were there with him, saying, hey, look, look what the Lord did. The Lord delivered this wicked ruler into your hands. David said, no. It's not right for me to extend my hand against the Lord's anointed. So he says, hey, look. And what he was doing right there was not just teaching by saying, no, we shouldn't do that. He also exemplified it by his actions. Right There is an element of teaching accountability. And it's difficult because, well, it's difficult if we only try to speak about it, but don't actually live it out. And that accountability, again, was first and foremost to the Lord. That's who David held himself accountable to. And you see this written throughout the Psalms. David is constantly bringing up himself before the Lord. And saying, to, asking the Lord to search him because the Lord knows his heart, to test him know his concerns. And then he says to the Lord, see if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me into the way everlasting. Anything, so what David is saying is, is there anything that I'm doing or that's in my heart before I even act upon it? But anything that that is within me that is against the Lord. He says this constantly throughout the Psalms. And he even says, who can discern his own errors? Right, going back to what the Lord is saying, said in Isaiah, right? 
come, let's reason together. And in Isaiah, he says it again in, in Isaiah chapter 41 and in, and in chapter 43. He says, hey, let's, let's talk about this. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he's, he's saying constantly, present your case. Let's discuss this. Why? Because the Lord wants to teach us, to show us, to demonstrate to us. But it is hard to be and hold ourselves accountable to the Lord if we don't have integrity. Right? That's the same thing that Job says, right? Let God weigh me with honest scales that he may know my integrity, right? There are many that are approved by God for leadership. But then there's the other element aspect of will we remain faithful to the Lord? It's said in scripture about Moses and about Jesus. It says Moses was faithful in the Lord's house. And about Jesus, it says, but God was faithful, but Jesus was faithful in all the Lord's house, everything and every area and aspect of his life, not just because of who he was or his position in the kingdom, but because he was a person of integrity. And David had that same integrity, that he could acknowledge his faults. And, and there were many, there were, there were great faults. He could say, hey, this is what the Lord's telling me to do and teach and lead the, or lead and teach the people, not just by his words and because he was a great orator and speaker, but because he sought the Lord for how he should carry and conduct himself and he, because of the integrity. Right? And it says, he says very plainly that he's walked in the integrity of his own heart. But because of that integrity, he can say, look, I, I messed up here. I didn't do what was right by the Lord. And he was willing to be held accountable by the people. Even when he failed. The Lord is the tester of the hearts. The Lord examines the heart and and the mind. But we, for our part, have to understand that. Have to be willing have integrity, to hold ourselves accountable. So when it comes to accountability, it's not about trying to lord it over someone else. Scripture tells us to remove the log from our own eye before we remove the speck from someone else's. Will we be willing to hold ourselves accountable? If we want to see change in this nation, it's something, accountability is something that we must teach those that are assigned to our care. But in teaching, we teach them by living by it. By living by it in every area and aspect of our lives. As an example to others. For whom much is given, much is required. And yes, the Lord will hold us accountable. How again, back to Jesus, how did he carry and conduct himself? He says, I only say what the Father says. I only do what the Father does. Nothing of my own initiative, but only as the Father says and does, does he do. 
he had integrity before the Lord, before his heavenly father. We truly want to see changed and we will have accountability. We will hold ourselves accountable before the Lord first. And then have that accountability within our household. I have to live it out first as an example. But if each of us begins to do that, I have to do it for me as you have to do it for you. But if each of us commits and says, we're going to have integrity and we're going to hold ourselves accountable, we will see the change in our homes and in our families. And we will see that branch out into the community and throughout the nation and ultimately the world. We will see those things come back into alignment with the Lord as he desired from the beginning and taught us to walk in. So I want to encourage you to understand accountability in a new way, but to walk in it, to live it out in your own life, holding yourself accountable first and foremost to the Lord. He's the one, he is the one righteous judge. He knows all things. He knows truth and he leads us and guides us into truth. So if we're not sure about something, seek him, seek his face with all your heart, with your entirety of your spirit, soul, and body. Amen. I'd like to thank you for joining us today and this evening. Thank you for listening to this program and for standing for righteousness and justice. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.